I'm Tyler. San Diego Zoo, SeaWorld, San Diego Chargers, Dennering. <laughs> I'm Carney. What are you, a bird or something, Hanson? <laughs> what you, who says that? The to little who? girl says that to the little dinosaurs. Like, what are oh, you, a bird okay. or something? I thought she said that as she uh, like pole vaulted <laughs> into the Velociraptor. No, no, that's the little little one who's eaten by the tiny dinosaurs. Oh, in the beginning. Yeah, the rich girl. But it, she's fine. She's perfectly fine. <laughs> No, she's eight. <laughs> she's definitely eaten. Yeah. Uh, this is the franchise. Oh. <laughs> this this is the podcast. Yeah. Welcome. Uh, this is the franchise, the podcast where friends get together to talk about movie franchises. Uh, today we are covering the Lost World: Colon Jurassic Park, a strange name mm-hmm. for a sequel to one of the biggest movies of all time. Yeah. Uh, I guess the book was called The Lost World, but it still is kind of confusing. I think. I agree. I mean. I I'm, I got confused with the premise entirely, to be honest, a couple of times. We're like, so John Hammond... The premise is dinosaurs are going to eat you. <laughs> I don't understand that part. <laughs> I think I mean, so John Hammond stopped Jurassic, Jurassic Park, but he moved a bunch of them to another island. Oh, no. So uh, I guess we can just get into it now. I yeah. guess, yeah. But uh, just Isla... Okay, this is Isla Isla Sorna. The first one's Isla Nubar. Muerto. Nublar. Uh, the five deaths because that guy can't understand basic <laughs> Spanish. Um, the Paul Giamatti stand-in. Um, <laughs> Was that is that real? Like who no, Paul Giamatti supposed to be? No. Him? God, I wish. I'm already derailing my own uh, simple explanation. <laughs> they bred the dinosaurs there and mm-hmm. then raised them there, and then they moved them to. Oh, to Jurassic Park. Isla Nublar, who's because uh, John Hammond's like that. This was just the dis- the display sh- the display room, the showroom. Uh, the other one is where we trained them and raised them and stuff. And okay. Uh, I don't know about training, but yeah, yeah. So I don't know how you train a dinosaur, really. But and uh, that other island looks like Northern California for some reason. <laughs> I wonder why. But uh, yeah. a lot of pine trees on that tropical island. <laughs> pine trees, redwoods. Yeah. Um, hmm. Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. But uh, yeah, you know, we don't have a guest today. No, we haven't done an episode without a guest in, in quite some time. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, was not not Sonic. Sonic One was that just the two of us? Yeah, yeah. It was just the two of us mm-hmm. before Tails came <laughs> and, and, and the proselytization <laughs> and the <laughs> the Saint of Knuckles, the Saint of Knuckles. Josie Serrano, yes. Um, Union hero Josie Serrano. <laughs> I listened to that episode Ooh, the other day and I laughed so hard. <laughs> They're hysterical. Yeah. Well, also they like helped unionize the first Starbucks in California. Yeah. Yes. So. Right. <laughs> Good for them. And also Kick ass. talk to the governor. Fuck, really? <laughs> yeah. So that's all happened right after our Sonic the Two episode. So it's hey. What gave them the strength. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not listen to a union hero and play some Sonic heroes and listen to Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, since we don't have a guest today, it might be a little bit more derailed yeah. um, than, than a usual episode. But uh, this is a podcast for friends get together, as I said, and uh, I guess you could technically call us friends, right, Connery? Yeah, we've. <laughs> I'm not going to make the same joke I make every time, so yes, we are friends. What joke are you going to make? The the joke where I say every time, like, oh, we aren't friends in real life; we're just friends on the podcast. That's okay. You can say it. We're not friends in real life. We're just friends on the podcast because it's true. Oh God, <laughs> that one hurt more than usual. <laughs> it's by a thousand cuts, not just. Uh... Yeah, it's not a great sword to my head. It's just a thousand nerd ropes. <laughs> I am Rob Roy, and you are the guy with the tiny rapier. Um, 
It's been a while since I've seen Rob Roy. Uh, he, he cuts Tim him Roth, up. Tim Roth, I think? Yeah, Tim Roth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're covering a movie about dinosaurs. How do we get back to this? Yeah, it's a Jurassic Park Lost World. Um, we're back. No, it's the Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park. The Lost World. I'm Why r- didn't they just call it JP2? Yeah, right. The third one's just called Jurassic Park 3. Mm-hmm. Well, they probably realized it was confusing. And there's no book. Yeah, and there's no book. <laughs> I mean... I'm I'm really gonna catch hell naming this movie. I can just feel it when I put it on the episode. You're, you're gonna, gonna call- catch such heck. Yeah, you're gonna call me. You're like, that's not the name of the movie. <laughs> just wait till Jurassic Park three, and you keep saying Spinosaurus <laughs> when it's Spinosaurus. Uh, that's what I called him. I was all Spinosaurus. Yeah. Um. I don't know. This movie is very interesting. I yeah. think more so as a franchise film. It's it's very. Uh, Thought provoking to me. It's an it, mm. we'll do an interesting analysis of this movie in terms yes. of it being the first sequel to like one of the biggest hits of all time, uh, being a sequel to a huge blockbuster, and also what it does with the material that it basically had, it was sitting on a gold mine, you know, totally. Uh, and you know, this movie made a lot of money, but uh, we'll we'll get into our thoughts in a minute about how how uh, effective it is as a sequel. Yeah. To one of the biggest best movies <laughs> ever <laughs> ever created. <laughs> uh, but before we do that, we have to do our normal segment of what's new, <laughs> which uh, is just our segment where we talk about any media we've been consuming, uh, as well as any personal ailments. <laughs> according to our last episode, <laughs> we just all talked about our personal injuries for some reason. Oh yeah, that's right, we did. <laughs> that's the episode I talked about my horrible disease. <laughs> Not my horrible disease, but my deformity briefly. <laughs> you were struck by your own Sith lightning. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> Left me scarred and deformed. <laughs> but uh yeah, just what's what's new with you, Connery? What uh, have you been watching or playing? Hmm. Well, recently, um I'm I'm on my D and D D and D like Discord chat right now, and everyone's I learned is a big fan of Dragon Age. And I've only played through that once, and I think I've never even played the like original or origins before in my life oh you only played uh uh inter- uh fuck inquisition inquisition thank yeah. you i think star trek insurrection i'm like that's a very different <laughs> piece of media okay. so i wanted to get the uh the original dragon age i think with like uh the alistair man and uh the other ones and <laughs> and pikachu and pikachu and gyarados <laughs> is there <laughs> Mabari Warhound. It got to where one of my players was really like, "Can I be a Gray Warden?" And I was like, "Do you think I not know? I don't know what a Gray Warden is." Like they were trying to explain it to you. Um, no, I think she she just wanted to be called like her character to be a part of an ancient order, and she was said like like maybe call, I'm called something like a Gray Warden, and I was like, I was like, okay, yeah. I, oh, are you dungeon mastering this one? I I, I am the dungeon master of this oh, one. Yeah. Okay. So it's a lot a lot of me being like yes. I, I mostly always say yes. It's yeah. it's been a rare occasion when I say no. Yes and. Yes and always. <laughs> but anyway, so I so I re-downloaded Dragon Age Inquisition because I couldn't find any of the newer uh, the older Dragon Age games on my PlayStation. I think they're on uh, Xbox Game Pass. <sighs> oh, I didn't think of that. They probably yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'll do that. But anyway, other than that, I sat down and watched uh, Morbius, the the meme, the movie with uh, you, you and Lily. Yeah, I was going to say, you watched it again after. Yeah, I watched <laughs> it again without you guys. I had to re-experience it. You, you didn't quite feel like it was Morbin time. It wasn't. It was like de-Morbin time. It was reversion time. It was regression time. It was whatever the name of the bad guy in that is. Um, oh my god what is this <laughs> <laughs> that movie like it's just like not it, it 
it exists and yet it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff on Twitter about like I just keep on seeing in my feed. Mor- Morbius 2. Yeah, we're like, everyone <laughs> shut up. They're going to make Morbius 2 if you keep on talking about it. But if they did, if they made Morbius 2 just on the sole, like, fan support, <laughs> and by fan I mean of the memes, not the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they actually had Morbius say it's Morbin time mm-hmm. in the second one, I would find that as, like, an impressive feat in uh, modern times. Yeah, like us, like, warping the vision of an entire, like, movie series. Yeah, because changing the look of Sonic the Hedgehog, which actually did end up working out mm-hmm. in the long run, um, changing changing the look of him was a big fan, online fan, like, victory. criticism mm-hmm. uh, and victory. And I guess you could go back to, like, the ending of Mass Effect 3 mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where they changed the ending because everyone was mad. Everyone hated it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, if they made Morbius 2, I think we would have to cover it on the podcast. Oh, absolutely. Just Especially if they say it's Morbin time. Yeah, I saw a Twitter post where somebody was like, oh, uh, if we <laughs> if we get Morbius 2, he's probably going to have a plucky kid sidekick, and they're going to be the one to recommend, like, you need a catchphrase, like, maybe it's Morbin time, and then he's going to reject it. But then by the end of the movie, in the final show, he goes, it's Morbin time! <laughs> and he'll keep shooting... Uh, his clothing fumes everywhere. Yeah, I, I asked that so many times. Like, is this really happening? Is this a representation, representation of speed? Like, How how would you explain... Can you give a, uh, the audience a synopsis, the listener a synopsis of Morbius for those who haven't seen it? Sure. <laughs> Morbius tells a story of a man named Jared Leto and his search for a cure of his debilitating disease. He plays Dr. Michael Morbius. He plays Dr. Michael Morbius. And he finds the cure in the form of vampire bat blood, I think. <laughs> yeah, I also think. He goes to a cave and there's bats. Yeah, and he says, this is what I need. So he manipulates the... He has like a blood deficiency, pretty much. And so he manipulates what's in the bat DNA, vampire bat DNA, DNA into his own. It works, but only kind of. He becomes a living vampire. And he needs blood. So at first he's drinking the artificial blood he made, but it's not enough. He needs the red. Yeah. <laughs> you can't drink the white. He needs the red. <laughs> they do keep saying the red instead yeah. of blood. And I'm like, why? <laughs> Just say blood. Understand. You could say blood in a G movie. I yeah. Don't, why do they keep saying the red? <laughs> Give me the red. <laughs> um, I still, like, even near the end of the movie where he's fighting, like, all over the skyscrapers and everything yeah. and, like, flying around, I'm like, wait, so he's not a vampire? No. I'm like, no, he can die. He just has bat powers. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So it's, he's not. I don't. I'm. St- I'm just as. I'm even more confused after seeing the movie. And he's just an ugly man who can jump really high <laughs> when he turns into Morbius. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say, and then he turns into Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> that too. But I guess he can also control bats as well because he does that in the very end. Um, his friend. I want to call his friend Lucius or like. Uh, Melvin or Milo. Milo, it's thank Milo, you. Yeah. <laughs> it's Milo who I believe assigns him that name, and that's not his real name. Yeah, somebody says Lucian in the beginning. Yeah, I think Lucian is his real name, and then <laughs> Jared Lotus calls him Milo because and, he's like, and, and, "Oh, every there's been like you're not the first Milo. There's been like twelve dead kids to die next to me." And he changes his own name to Otis, <laughs> Milo and Otis, and they can become animals. Okay, good. But anyway, so. The movie ends with uh, Milo wanting uh, be- to be cured of his disease as well. He becomes a vampire. They fight. I think Jerry Little's girlfriend becomes a morbid in the end, too. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Morbid's shorthand for a living vampire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, she morbs out. These damn morbs. <laughs> Gotta get him out of New York City. <laughs> See, 
And it was supposed to be Morbius Summer Mm-mm. this summer. Um, it's really, it reminds me of back in the heyday of uh, whatever. I don't know historically what the heyday of memes is. I don't know. I'm sure like there's actual 2000, like. 2005 like, or six. Yeah, I guess so. Like there's, a, I'm sure there's an actual like meme historian out there. Like who's like, yeah. crit, like has a PhD in history and like. Has we should find them. Thesis. And have them on for the for Morbius too. Yeah, for Morbius too, we find them, and I'm pretty sure they give us a good thesis statement about it. But this whole recent phenomenon of it's Morbin time and mm. the, everything, all the memes about Morbius, uh, reminds me of my favorite meme of all time mm. is, uh, oh shit, what up? It's Dat Boy. Like, is, isn't that what it is? One sec, I gotta... it's Da Boy or something like that. I like this new one. I keep seeing it. It's like it's Silly Billy versus like some like horrific concept. It's like Silly Billy versus like. The knowledge that someday you will die and be forgotten. And it's like this little rapid kid, like, yeah, that it's just like, oh, <laughs> like he's like just decimated or something, or like the burning power of the sun. <laughs> what? I don't know. It's this weird artist who does it. I always I'm, think it's funny. Oh, okay. I missed the first half of it. <laughs> oh, sorry. You were looking something up. It's okay. Um, here come Dat Boy. Oh, shit. What up? Oh. Like, it, it takes me back to the heyday of Here Come Dat Boy, Oh Shit, What Up, mm-hmm. which is uh, not memeing anything. It's just, it's it, as far as I know, is the first organic meme <laughs> in popular culture. Where it can just, like, invade anything. Yeah, and it's just a frog on a unicycle. Yes. And it's, it's he's Dat Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just, like, a self-created meme. It yeah. memes itself. Um, so it's somewhat, t- it takes memeing culture to a whole nother level yeah. of a Dada-esque approach to meme. Dada-esque. Good. <laughs> um, so I hope Morbius 2 becomes something like that. Yeah, it has to. Because it will happen. It must. And uh, that'll be my what's new for today. Uh, Morbius, the living vampire. I'm happy I survived. Did you like the movie? No. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like it when the doctor checked in? No, I kept asking to be checked out early, in fact. <laughs> Please pull my plug. <laughs> pull the plug more, please. What were you saying? Talking to Lily about, oh, the D&D thing. She's like, oh, do you do it online? And then I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, Connie jacks an XLR cable into the back of his head. <laughs> yes, I don't even know why he said that. <laughs> jacks an XLR cable. <laughs> That's good. Tyler, what's new with you? Well, I'm continuing my uh, trend that I swore to myself to do this, this franchise Ooh, good. of covering... 90s and I guess technically early 2000s dinosaur media content. Oh, good. Um, last year or last year, last last week I covered uh, the Disney Plus show Dinosaurs. Right, and the very sad ending of Dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, and how they discovered weed. Yes, and now you're gonna watch the We're Back. Uh, maybe, maybe you should watch You We're Back. Maybe I should watch. So we're I don't back. have yeah. to. <laughs> Why do you hate We're Back? It's weird. It's I don't cool. Like it. <laughs> So I covered, uh, or I covered. Oh my god, I'm covering right now. Uh, I'm wa- I watched Dinotopia. Oh, I loved that show. You watched it? Yeah, when I was it? little. Okay. Yeah, it's on Freebie right now, which used to be IMDb TV, mm-hmm. which is an extension like add-on to Amazon Prime Video. Oh wow! <laughs> so just type in Dinotopia to Prime Video. If yeah, you watch you'll this. be good. But it's uh, based on a series of books. I think they're illustrated books mm-hmm. uh, about Dinotopia, which is a world. Where uh, I think it's part of Earth. It's kind of like a twenty thousand, or uh, sorry, a journey, journey to the center of the Earth kind of thing. Where yeah. there's like another world um, within our world. Yeah, where dinosaurs and humans live together. Yeah, it's cool. Um, and so this came out in two thousand two. It's a three part like TV uh, miniseries mm-hmm. or like three TV movies um, <clears throat> with a Lupin, 
What's his name? Uh, uh, I don't know his name. David Thewlis <laughs> is <laughs> in it. Guess that. Uh, Wentworth Miller, who went on to be in Prison Break. Good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Taylor McLaughlin will be happy to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know. Uh, oh, and uh, Alice Krieg. That's the other actor I really know from it. She's uh, she plays the uh, Borg Queen. Oh, okay. In Star Trek: mm-hmm. uh, First Contact nice. and other Star Trek stuff. Uh, besides that, yeah, just. Other actors, I don't know, but <laughs> it's, like I said, dinosaurs and humans living together. It starts with uh, two sons and their dad in a in a biplane mm-hmm. flying over the ocean. And the dad's just like, I'm going to take a nap. One of you can take over. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> He's just sleeping at the wheel this of the High thing. chaos dad. And then there's a massive storm that immediately happens, and they crash into the ocean. <laughs> And, like, they think their dad's drowned and everything. Oh, my God. Um, so the two sons, one of them's Wentworth Miller, but uh, they they go, uh, they, they survive, and they walk around until they find Dinotopia, basically. Um, they And they just go on a bunch of event, uh, adventures. David Thewlis plays this character who first befriends them and turns out to be kind of like, a, like an anti-dinosaur person. <laughs> he calls them scalies. Ah, that's and horrible. And they find out that scalies is like a derogatory term for dinosaurs. Because uh, they've been um, saying it all through town. Everyone's like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah, everyone's <laughs> offended. They're like, don't say that. Yeah. Um, the CG is, is very... Uh, <laughs> very low quality it's like a tv nowadays. movie <laughs> yeah it looks really bad but i do think the movements and everything it still feels like an organic character that's there mm-hmm. so the actual movement is good even though it's like they're on a budget you know yeah and uh the jim henson company did puppetry for the dinosaurs and stuff as well yeah um so i think the actual like um like technical qualities of it like i think the production design is is very good i always like their production set design in that movie and i yeah. even, i had the books too for like the picture books and i always like looking through those as well yeah and especially for like a tv movie budget or whatever mm-hmm. they like the the art department team and production yeah. design did like a really good job at like making it feel like a whole like lived in world mm-hmm. um <clears throat> So, yeah, considering the budget, it looks good. <laughs> Some of the acting is uh, very questionable and strange throughout. <laughs> um, and But it kind of – it does the thing that I like a lot, like like when we covered uh, Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Where each movie takes place in separate uh, different, like, world environments. Okay, cool. The first one's very, like, here's the capital. Mm. The second one, uh, one of the guys has to go to, like, flight school to, like, learn how to ride pterodactyls. Oh, rad. In this, like, valley, kind of, like, Grand Canyon area. Mm-hmm. And then the third one's underwater mm. and, like, underneath the city and stuff like that. So I like that they change up the the locations. Yeah, that's good but, stuff. Um, it's perfectly fine, I think. Like, I do think it's worth watching if you have a hankering for dinosaur content. Um, like I said, CG's not <laughs> up to par anymore, but it's still, I think, a pretty fun time in a kind of banal way where it's <laughs> like you could just put it on and like, like I was watching it while I was like shopping for shoes or something yeah, online nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. Check it out. It's, it's, it's worth it if you want to watch any more dinosaur stuff. Uh, it does get a little too into its own lore, <laughs> I will say, Yeah, where there's like a whole courtroom scene. Good. Because uh, they stole some like sunstone thing, and it just goes on for like twenty minutes. Does the plesiosaurus like... judge them guilty or innocent? <laughs> <laughs> there's a triceratops that, that judges them. Really? Yeah. Fuck. So like the council is half dinosaurs, half humans, and it's just. Do the just... dinosaurs talk? I feel like I forgot that. Uh, no, there's only one that talks. Oh, okay. Because uh, it's hard for dinosaurs to speak English and uh, like in human languages and stuff. He speaks English, uh, French, and dinosaur. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, um, 
yeah, it's I liked it because it was kind of like cheesy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just a good afternoon, couple afternoon watches. Yeah, that's on freebie. And then I have one other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, recently, the great actor Ray Liotta died. Yeah, um, a couple weeks ago now. At this point, he's only like sixty-seven. So I was like, oh, you know, like I love Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie. But I want to like check out something that I haven't seen from him. Um, so I watched this movie Turbulence, which I was recommended mm. uh, indirectly on Twitter. This is somebody I follow. What's that about? Uh, it's Ray Liotta. Uh, Ray Liotta is a he is a serial killer that was arrested. That's on a flight to be convicted, I guess. Oh damn! Or maybe he was convicted already, and he's being sent to to death row. I mm-hmm. think that's what it is. Um, <clears throat> but it becomes into question whether he is actually a serial killer or if he, if it was set up. By mm-hmm. the cop who's like been just trying to like solve the case for a really long time. I didn't kill twenty three people. I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. care. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't do it. But uh, it just really goes to show his um, acting range. He's mm. kind of like all over the place because he's since he's a more out there character mm. playing a serial killer. He can kind of like he can be like really sweet and be really uh, like menacing mm. and just like I don't know. He's it just really shows his acting abilities. It's really really fun and just more and more uh danger and uh craziness happens on the on the uh on the plane so nice. it's uh it's worth it's worth a watch on a nice sunday afternoon <laughs> as i said with the other one <laughs> i've been watching a lot of like sunday afternoon movies where it's like this isn't great but these all can, feel like appreciate things these all it. feel like nice summer movies too where like uh yeah. maybe not the one with ray, Li- ray, ray liotta but Dinotopia is definitely something I watched at my grandma's all the time. I feel like growing up when I was especially young, that'd be on and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's nice. But I'm completely doing something else and absorbed in something else happening. Yeah, like you could watch something else at the same time with something like Turbulence. But I, mm-hmm. I, I do think it's worth just giving your attention to for for uh, Ray Liotta's performance. Yeah, he has a vast body of work outside of Goodfellas. And uh, Brendan Gleeson's in it, too, and he's fun for like <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> So that's cool. That's on Amazon Prime Video and Paramount Plus. Awesome. And it came out in 1997. You know what else came out in 1997? Jurassic Park. Lost World (laughs) Jurassic Park. Why did they? It's not your fault. I know, right? It's it's like Jurassic Park Lost World sounds better than anyone is like, oh, dude, have you? You got to go check out Lost World Jurassic Park. I like you said those words out of order. It's like. Wouldn't, I feel like most people just said Jurassic Park 2, right? Yeah, Jurassic Park 2 or even Jurassic Park Lost World. <laughs> JPLW. JPLW. But it's really LWJP. LWJP. See, so it just doesn't doesn't work. No. Connery, what did you think of this movie? I thought it would range from okay to very boring at times, unfortunately. I agree. Yeah, okay, good. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, I hope you didn't really dig this because this movie is, I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's a cool like set piece and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, man, this is really dull. <laughs> Especially having just watched the original, mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is, and it's from Spielberg too. Spielberg directed this. Really? Yeah. Oh man, I thought they brought on some like some like other person to do this. It's so, no, it's so yeah. vastly like different. It really is. I mean, the look is very different. It's a different mm-hmm. DP too, which I want to get into a little bit. Yeah. But uh, for me, it felt really like cyclical. Like, and that's not even the right term, but basically, just like the same thing happens over and over again. Yeah. I was pretty engaged in the first third of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, okay, like the story's happening, we're meeting the characters, and then the whole second half of the movie, basically, like, I, I, I kind of counted, like, I'm sure there's lines in there, but it felt like there was no dialogue for, like, 20 minutes. 
I ever, feel like you're right, almost. Like, there's some maybe, like, we have to catch the baby dinosaur, the baby T-Rex. Yeah, ever since they uh, blow up the dino camp, like, like, where they're capturing all the dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and then it goes to, like, T-Rex eating people, and then the velociraptors, and mm-hmm. then San Diego. It's just, like, the all of that, like, there's more more talking, there's more dialogue, and, like, char- some character stuff in, in San Diego, but mm-hmm. up until that point, it's just mostly just chase scenes. It really is. And it gets pretty tedious to me. Which is unfortunate because it should be really fascinating, but mm. it's like there's not as much character to to hold on to. And I'm not that interested in Ian Malcolm as yeah. a as a main lead. I, maybe if there was more between him and his daughter, but his daughter is kind of just there. They have a couple conversations, but mm-hmm. if it was like more pared down between the three of them, yeah, and they seem to have a very functional relationship to begin with. Like, there's nothing that needs to be resolved between them. They're just like well, okay the entire time. I would argue it's not entirely true. It's just I think. By the end, they are closer together, mm. or it feel also feels res- unresolved at the same time mm. because she's he's like I'll be right back, and then she's like you never come back right away. Are you is, oh you can't like you always promise yeah, and like he never like lives up to that, and then mm. he just like jumps down <laughs> down the tree. Um, but you yeah you really don't get the feel of like it's not that they need to be like a nuclear family at all, mm-hmm. but it's just, that's the expectation kind of with the first movie where it's like, Oh, if you want to do a similar thing then you could have like Ian Malcolm and, uh, Jeff Goldblum and, uh, uh, uh Oh my God. Why am I forgetting her name? Jennifer Coolidge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also forgot her name. I was like, I know exactly who this is, but I have no recollection of her name. <laughs> if you want to have like an, like an, a thing where, it would be a retread, but it's it would feel more effective still. There'd be more mm-hmm. character stuff going on. It's like you don't even necessarily go, need to go with this, but if like if uh, Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore and their daughter like became a family with this, that'd um, be good. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's it's like or you know, a nuclear family for the modern age where it's yes. like she's a stepmom or he's a stepdad. Like mm-hmm. I don't know the relation to anybody. It feels but, like uh, that is his biological daughter. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, Kelly is is his daughter. But I just mean like, um, yeah. So they could almost play on those themes of like nuclear family, where it's like this is the modern family, mm-hmm. you know, and just show how it's like it doesn't really matter who's who in your family and everything. It's it's still a family. It's all about you know? the people it's you love, man. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. They could play on that a little bit, and they just kind of don't do much with it, and it's mostly just dinosaur chases. She does that, uh, the daughter does that cool, like, uh, gymnastics routine to kick the velociraptor in the face. <laughs> she does do that. I'm not sure if that'd really work, but I was like, yeah, sure, it works, why not? Like, I'm not sure if, uh, how heavy a raptor is, like, if her kick would have just made it go like, uh. <laughs> Yeah, at that point, I was, like, pretty checked out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh my god, there's another scene, and I'm running away. I was fixating on that a little bit, I was like, is she, is it, was that momentum? Like, is she heavy enough to, like, kick, like, a probably like 200 pound 300 velociraptor probably not i'm glad she has a moment where she's yeah. like her family and because it like is that. cool but uh and then i like jeff goldman's follow-up he's like they kicked you off the gymnastics team <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's just even the writing doesn't work quite as well there's mm-hmm. not really as many iconic lines yeah because it's like jeff goldman like um uh, i just don't think uh I'm like how i'm not gonna quote like a big like stuttering um uh <laughs> yeah something uh <laughs> Even on the quotes page on IMDb, IMDb it's just like, um, uh. <laughs> I'm just like, Mike, I love you, Jeff, but the delivery sometimes. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. Well, I've been going on for a little bit right now. Mm-hmm. What do you, what's something that, 
First of all, do you remember seeing this for the first time somewhere? Have you? Oh, you said you haven't seen the sequels as much. Right? I haven't seen the sequels as much, really, honestly. I think I saw this movie once and Jurassic Park 3 once. Gotcha. Where like, I only had a really clear memory of T-Rex. Barely, actually, I barely even had a memory of T-Rex in San Diego. I had a clear memory of the child getting eaten by the tiny um, yeah. dinosaurs. I have a strong memory of that, too, because it's like the first scene, and I remember seeing mm. that a lot, and then like slowly becoming, I guess even <laughs> as a kid, like I wouldn't watch this one as much, and I think my family wouldn't watch it as much. Mm. Um, I had like a soft spot for Jurassic Park 3, Yeah, I think in large part because Sam Neill's in it, mm, Right there, and yeah. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from the first one. Mm-hmm. I love this guy. He's a great actor, and like he's just fun to watch on screen because he's weird. Yeah, he is. he's a weird, awesome guy. <laughs> Not to say Jeff Goldblum's not like he tries to hold it down, but he's also in this movie has to be like the protagonist, mm-hmm. like the archetypal protagonist. So he's just not nearly as fun. Yeah, he's, he's better at being like somebody. Something I think I think the fly is the only thing I've really seen him in where I'm like he's doing really good as like the leading guy. <laughs> right, because that allows him to be really weird. Yeah, because he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like they should just let him be more weird in this. Mm-hmm. But so yeah, this is definitely I think out of all the. Mm, all the movies, maybe this or Jurassic World, I've seen the least. Mm. But yeah, what uh, what's what's something that like stood out to you in this that you that you found interesting, if not liked? Uh, <laughs> there's a moment where the grown man's being attacked by the tiny dinosaurs. I think I'm really fixating on the tiny little dinosaurs because yeah, I think the hoppies, compies, compies. I think they're cute and silly, and like also there should be shown like even the tiniest ones can be deadly if there's enough of them. But uh, he was always like take them off of him and go, ah, oh, then just like <laughs> set them down. I'm like, why are you just like bashing them and just like really just killing them while you go? Yeah, I don't, yeah. And then there's the whole like blood, he get, jumps behind the, he falls into the river and then there's the blood. Blood, yeah. There's like a lot of stuff like that. I'm like, okay, I don't know. Like, felt like a scarier and darker than the first one in some ways. It feels like it really wanted to be, but it wanted us to also like elicit really intense sympathy towards the dinosaurs. Yeah. Like that's why I felt really conflicted. I was like, Dinosaurs are scary, but you're also asking me to feel like really intense sympathy for like the current plight of the dinosaurs being like captured and like moved to this new um park. Where I was like, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. Like the baby T Rex is sad. The tiny um, stegosaurus looks like something out of dinosaurs, but yeah, just even the the baby whole T Rex baby T Rex scene and just that whole subplot, mm. I don't really care for. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan. I was, it's the whole thing with the uh, Sarah is trying to prove that like carnivores had like parental instincts was like her kind of deal yeah and i was like well that thing's pretty young still so it wouldn't abandon it right now anyway i just remember even as a kid watching it it just made me more uncomfortable just yeah. like the baby dino being like it made me want to like, turn it off when they, like, they broke its leg and it's like yeah. chained down i was like I, don't, I actively wanted to turn it off i was like man if i didn't have to watch this i'd turn it off right now yeah it's really upsetting yeah, I did watch this movie in like two sittings, which mm. I try not to do, but I'm just like, I just need a break right yeah. now. Um, and it's long. You want? Know I will yeah, say it's once, too long. Yeah, it's very. It's like two hours and some change. It's, it just goes on too long. But you were briefly talked about them being chased around the radio tower. That's just one of my more favorite set pieces of the movie. Is like the whole radio tower chase of the Velociraptors. Kind of like the verticality, which I feel like oh, is when not they get really, on the roofs and stuff. Yeah, on the roofs and yeah. like running through that. I'm like, that's interesting. It's I didn't I didn't get that in Jurassic Park one. So like Velociraptors going up is interesting, I suppose. 
Yeah, and then the, they're digging underneath the, uh, mm-hmm. the thing, which shows their intelligence, like when they open the doors yeah. in the first one. Um, so it's like they're smart and they're scary and they're just hopping around. Animal-like because they can dig mm-hmm. like a dog underneath. Um, yeah. Uh, what about you? What were some standout moments for you, Tyler? Standout moments? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. <laughs> Something <laughs> I do like a lot in... The Jurassic Park movies that continue in the sequels is whenever there's like a mercenary or like arms guy. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's just like this like nerdy guy with like male pattern baldness. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just like, I don't know. It's like such a trip that they put in there instead of being like, I'm a badass mercenary. It's just like, I'm the weapons tech guy. Like they do that in Jurassic Park 3. Yeah. So I just like the casting of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there was even like that dorky guy in like the Jurassic World movies, mm-hmm. where it's just like, are we supposed to take him seriously as like a guy? Like the guy in this just ends up dying, yeah, know, and falling off the edge. But he's like, he has all the tranquilizers and stuff. Which but, which is that the balding man who's eaten by the T Rexes, uh, or yeah. or the other yeah, bald uh, hunter? Yeah. No, he's not the hunter. Um, mm. I felt bad for him. I was like, he was just so like impressed, and he didn't even want to shoot any of the dinosaurs ever. <laughs> Eddie Carr. Eddie Carr. Richard Schiff plays Eddie Carr, who's like the, the weapons expert guy. Yeah. But uh or field equipment rather. Mm. And it's like such a that's such a trope of the the first three movies. Yeah. And then in the Jurassic World movies they have like more supporting characters that actually have a little bit more to do yeah. and are less dying. <laughs> and Chris Pratt takes um, out his assault rifle and just goes to town on the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just like they they kind of do him in the the, uh, the original trilogy of Jurassic Park movies as like oh like he's probably gonna die because mm-hmm. he's not like I don't know it probably plays into like a lot of '90s tropes of, yeah like that person being more expendable and stuff mm-hmm. and in Jurassic World movies they have more supporting characters who are played by like actors of color and stuff like that I'm like mm-hmm. oh that's that's good and they're not like the ones dying yeah um, and stuff like that like there's more just generally more diversity in, in the Jurassic World movies. Which, which is good. Yeah, so uh, I guess that's something I like. It's just that trope <laughs> the of, balding like, the dirty, <laughs> like, which I, I'm glad they changed, but is still just funny to me. Mm. Uh, I don't know if funny is the right word, but I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of honestly kind of grasping for, for things that I like. Oh, wow. This movie. You didn't even like the T-Rex going to the big city? No. Hmm. Um... I thought it was funny that everyone kept running towards the T-Rex, it seemed like. No matter where it went, it would have people driving to, like, walking towards it. As if you wouldn't see a big lumbering lizard from, like, a mile away. Yeah, like, this is the closest Steven Spielberg does to making a kaiju film. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Uh, and he was influenced by, like, old American monster movies, like uh, 20,000 uh, Miles to Earth, I think mm. it's called, and... I think it's a British one, but Gorgo, which I've seen. It's like finding a, a Brachiosaurus near like the um, parliament or something like that. Interesting. Because I, I feel like in the first uh, Jurassic Park episode from last week, I really didn't go into any technical detail. Mm. Um, and I did that intentionally because I just wanted to enjoy it as a like big popcorn movie mm-hmm. that has a lot to say and without having to go into all the effects and everything. Cause I feel like you can get that from so many podcasts anyways. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to like experience it as the three of us yeah. did in our lives in, in different ways. 
but you can totally talk about the tech and the visuals exactly. in this one. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> this movie being what it is, I just wanted to go into like a little bit more background. Yeah, let's stuff do it. Because there's a lot of stuff that kind of explains why um, this movie doesn't work quite as well, at least for me, the mm. things that I don't like as much about it. All right. Um, but also, it's just more cursory background information that is still important to, to to how it was made for sure um but yeah the i mean the lost world book wasn't even out it wasn't written by the time the first movie came out mm-hmm. so michael Crichton, which i found out that is how you say his name <laughs> no more Crichton. michael Crichton. um but he was definitely like encouraged to write another book after the, the success of the first movie uh, okay so it's one of those things where it's like the movie is influenced by the book, and then the, the book, next book is influenced by, by the movie. movie. Yeah. Ah, okay. God creates dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> dinosaurs create author. <laughs> author writes that's, a Jurassic Park that's movie. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> Jurassic Park inherits the earth. <laughs> Jurassic Park inherits the earth. Um, so, yeah. So, at the same time, when the book came out in 95, they started production on this, like, immediately. Like, creating the story and everything. Um, David Kep was the the writer, and they worked with uh, Spielberg. Mm-hmm. He's uh, known for well, he co-wrote um, King Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. He would go on to do that, so oh. he collaborates with Spielberg sometimes. Does this thing keep moving? Yeah, it's flying a little bit. As I got my shopping list, new stands, new soundboard. <laughs> but uh, David Kep also wrote and directed uh, Secret Window, which is a pretty. Uh, it's one of more more <laughs> Lily than me even, but. <laughs> It's one of those movies we can just put on and be like, this is fun and like kind of silly is maybe a little too condescending, but mm. it's just like a fun Stephen King, uh, Johnny Depp. It's like camp? Uh, yeah, it's definitely camp. Mm. Um, I don't know how intense. I think Johnny Depp is being camp in that movie for sure. Probably. He's got like highlights and he's eating uh, Doritos and yeah. drinking Mountain Dew. And no, he's camp. Being freaked out. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's very good. <laughs> yeah, should, everybody okay. should watch Secret Window. I haven't even um, heard of this before. So yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. There you go. Now you gotta watch it's it. Secret window. Uh, so he's just been like a like a long a screenwriter for like like a studio guy for like you know thirty years at this point. Mm. Um, but I, it's not even like uh, I'm not even I'm not blaming David Kep at all really. But it's just like half of this script just ends up being like like the lines aren't as iconic and there's not a lot of dialogue. It's just becomes like a lot of chase stuff like they run from here to there throughout the entire movie it's kind of like a dotted line adventure where they're like they're going through the forest they're at the radio tower oh they're going back oh there's another boat thing oh what's this what's this another dinosaur <laughs> because this is based on the last world book but they did change quite a bit just mm. to fit the movie they kind of just did what they wanted um <laughs> did the did the writer just like write some like completely ludicrous thing that they couldn't basically adapt probably that too <laughs> that sounds like the spiteful <laughs> thing i do <laughs> There's there's a scene that um, where they're chasing they're running away from the Lost Raptors on motorcycles oh. in one scene, which does end up being in Jurassic World. They recycle that for Jurassic World. Jurassic World, uh, burned in amber. What's the third one called again? Dominion. Dominion. Thank you. Oh, well, they do in the first one too. Oh, they did. They did. Yeah. yeah Chris Pratt's running away from. The... He loves running away from raptors on motorcycles, doesn't he? <laughs> he likes putting his hand out <laughs> to stop all dinosaurs of various sizes. See, all I really want is for him to do that in Dominion and like his hand get bit off or something. <laughs> and I'm just like, ah! And he has a cool robot like, hand because he has no control over dinosaurs and he needs to realize that. So it's it's especially weird that um, it's especially weird that Spielberg didn't really. Like they're, sorry, one sec. Oh, good. 
it's especially weird that it's like been listed or like said or whatever that like Spielberg and Crichton didn't collaborate at all hmm. on this because it's like oh Crichton kind of like does his own thing. That's just the kind of uh, creator he is. Yeah. And then uh, Spielberg does his own thing. That's the kind of like filmmaker he is, mm. uh, which is weird because David Kep and Michael Crichton co-wrote the screenplay for Jurassic Park. <laughs> Maybe they just um, didn't want to <laughs> collaborate that yeah. badly. <laughs> yeah. So it's all on David Kep basically, and they have to like do new things. And like I think he's like a good like big blockbuster screenwriter, and mm-hmm. it's like I'm not a qualified writer or anything like that. But it just there's. Just something that doesn't really... But you are a critic. 118 episodes. Oh, my God. And I hate all movies. <laughs> uh, I, I guess this is actually 120. Welcome to 120. Hey. Yeah. No, it's just... it's just. I guess I just need to get into all this because this is one of like the least fun movies I've seen for this podcast in quite some time. Oh, yeah. This one, it got, it got really dull. I, I feel like I was on my phone off and on throughout the entirety of this movie, to be honest. But to get away from, from the script and everything, it's yeah. just... Uh, the uh, this is around the time when Spielberg founded DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. He was a co-founder of that, so he's very know focused that. on doing that. So he wasn't sure if he was going to make this movie. Did he know that one day he'd birth Shrek from there? I think he did. Good. I think he was actively <laughs> actively pursuing that future. He was actively birthing Shrek. <laughs> That's why he couldn't. He wasn't sure if he could do this. <laughs> <laughs> he had an ogre baby in his belly. <laughs> um. So he was very occupied with that at the time, and I mean, I even saw like a cited thing that said that he didn't shoot the whole first scene Interesting. of like the girl getting bit up by the compies and stuff in mm-hmm. Kauai. They filmed this movie mostly in Humboldt, um, Humboldt County, California, which is all the redwoods and stuff like there that. There you go. Um, but that and like the the grass, the tall grass that grew in Newhall, mm-hmm. California, which is <laughs> extremely close to where I grew up, just <laughs> north of L.A. You're in dinosaur country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, probably the same lot where uh, Roadhouse takes place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he wasn't sure if he was going to do it. Joe Johnson offered to direct it. He had done at this time uh, the Rocketeer. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of anything before this that he had really done, but he worked with closely with George Lucas on like the, the original trilogy. Oh, okay. Doing uh, artwork and, and models and stuff like that. He so knows really, shit. That's some good yeah. pulp stuff there. That's fun. So he really came from that. But Spielberg eventually took this and Joe Johnson ended up taking Jurassic Park 3. Mm. So when Spielberg decided to do this, it just, all these things together just kind of feels like he wasn't like fully engaged. And at the same time, the same year, his other movie Amistad came out which was a similar thing with Jurassic Park and mm. Schindler's List. He was shooting those. Oh. He shot Schindler's List and was doing... Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think he was doing... I think he shot Jurassic Park first, did Schindler's yeah. List, and then would do post-production for Jurassic Park while shooting Schindler's List. Wow, like that's list such intense whiplash. <laughs> yeah, because... No, it would cheer him up to like be working with just dinosaurs and stuff. He didn't have to work on this. <laughs> I was going to say vice versa. I was, I was like, oh, my God. No, it's, yeah, the other way around. Where it's like, oh, he's just working on like the editing and stuff of mm-hmm. like, this big dinosaur movie yeah. while shooting Schindler's List. I'm mm-hmm. sure it helped him get through that because that's... Oh, yeah, it's oppressively yeah. dark. One of the best movies like of all time. Oh, yeah. Both of them are in very different ways. Truly, yeah. Like, <laughs> what what a dramatic swing of like yeah. I made this amazing dramatic film, then I made this amazing like fun like thriller dinosaur movie. <laughs> yeah. So who knows what goes on in the mind of like a, a filmmaker or creator? It's just, but it's like in part, it's like is he trying to recreate that thing where he's like doing a more serious movie? Amistad is about 
um, slaves on trial who like uh, or the, it's I haven't seen the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There's condition of whether he should have made that movie. It should have been like a black director making that film. But it's basically like uh, in the 1800s. I think it's like the last the Amistad is the last uh, slave ship in America. Oh. And it, it goes on trial. Um, I may have to come back and correct that a little bit. Yeah, we can do a little correction. But note. basically, it's just a lot more serious movie than than this. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like Schindler's List and Jurassic Park. So he used to do this. Um, Dean Cundy, the cinematographer from the first movie, he shot Halloween and some other like just big iconic movies like Back to the Future. All three of those, as I said in the first oh, movie okay. in the first episode podcast. But he couldn't do this because he went on to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which Joe Johnston directed. Nice. So they kind of did a swaparoo. <laughs> And uh, so that's why Spielberg pulled in Janusz Kaminski, who shot Schindler's List. And oh. he's been Spielberg's DP ever since. That's so fun. It's been the same guy. Um, and so much of this look I just uh, th- of this film, of Lost World, I just don't like as much. It feels... There's so many night scenes, I think, that try to just add something. or And it's also just easier to cover up CG mm-hmm. when you have darkness and rain yeah the t-rex i feel like only ever appears in nighttime yeah and it's it's something where it's like i guess you do need to change the look of the film for a sequel a little bit just to be like okay like the bloom is off the rose like mm. everything is so like gloss not not even glossy but just like it's just sweaty um in the <laughs> first one it's sweaty it's bright you mm. know it's glowing yeah it's kind of glistening i guess <laughs> glistening. um it feels very dreamlike and like it's like oh it's beautiful but also scary at the same time mm-hmm. you know could e- this dream could easily be a nightmare yeah like that's how that whole feel of the first movie looks and then this one just feels more like um it's it a nightmare it feels more <laughs> tactile and real in some ways mm-hmm. which just kind of doesn't pull me in as much and i'm going to cite the baby stegosaurus and the baby t-rex as a primary example of that i think where it's very tactile they they're actually like puppets i think yeah. where they're real and they just look really weird as babies. Yeah, like the the first Stegosaurus, I guess, very much looks like from the Jurassic Park ride. Yeah, but I like it. I think it's cute. But uh, just uh, I um <laughs> keep all of that in. Good. <laughs> I this is a quote from the Lost World Jurassic Park Blu-ray. So I don't know who wrote this. I'm just gonna chalk it up to like a copywriter who like who just had to say something. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, just say something. But they say that, like, having... They explain the thing with Dean Cundy and Kaminsky coming in. It's like, oh, Kaminsky gave The Lost World a darker, more artistic look over its predecessor. Oh, okay, rude. And I'm just like, inherently, no. Yeah. (laughs) Like, whatever that means is a subjective (laughs) thing. But again, I'm just going to say it's like a copywriter Mm. that's like, I'm not saying... No, Spielberg didn't say this or whatever, you know? Leading to a more elegant and rich approach focused on contrast and shadow. Um, that that's Kaminsky's look, and yeah, it does. You do. There is more contrast and more shadow yeah. in this. But mm-hmm. is that what I want from a Jurassic Park movie? Like, not really? Not personally. Like, I love how it looks in the first one, but mm-hmm. again, also those boss chapters are like bright brown, which I thought was really interesting. I like their darker look in the first one. Yeah. Um, which, if you're working with like darker tones and stuff like that, you mm-hmm. need to make it pop more. I guess so. You're but right. It yeah. just uh, doesn't pop really i think it's mm-hmm. it just doesn't stimulate my eyes like the first movie does agreed and i can't really explain it and 
Janusz uh, Kaminski is obviously like a really skilled DP who's worked for decades and decades mm-hmm. and on huge movies and stuff. But I just like the look of the first one so much. I don't know. Yeah, well, the first one's beautiful. I, I liked your analogy that it's like a dream that could become a nightmare any second. I think that's very apt. <laughs> and just, yeah, I could be nitpicky about so many things with this movie <laughs> where it's just like... That's the show, man. It's, it's uh... Like when the girl's getting eaten up in the beginning mm-hmm. and the mom is screaming and it does a smash cut to Jeff Goldblum yawning <laughs> in the subway with like the tropical thing. I like the It's because like her pain means nothing to him. <laughs> <laughs> I like the imagery of the the, the the ad behind him. That's like a, a yeah, tropical, tropical island. Mm-hmm. That's fun, but it's just like, oh, it goes to him yawning. It's like, how do we match this? I don't know. Just have him yawning. It's like, <laughs> it doesn't really mean much to me. It's like, yeah, if he yeah. didn't care, that would be fun. But it's like, oh, no, he's sleepy. Like, it has nothing <laughs> to do sleepy. with anything. It just feels like, it just doesn't feel like there's as much, like, effort or idea put into this. It's so hard to recapture mm-hmm. something that's, like, one of the best pieces of media and, like, art. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. Ever. And it's, like, so hard to recapture that. Mm-hmm. And you could say, like, a lot of movies have, like, got, like, some sequels, there is lightning in the bottle. It works mm-hmm. really well, but... Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, exactly. It's, mm-hmm. like, lightning intensifies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lightning intensifies. <laughs> That's good. Well, we should have... Let's talk about Maverick uh, next episode. Yeah, we'll do that next I episode. Forgot. Mm-hmm. I so did, too. I was, we like, recently, we saw Top Gun Maverick. We recently saw that, and it's it's so fun. Yeah, it slaps. <laughs> Tom Cruise says, it slaps. <laughs> I keep seeing his picture of him like Top Gun, like mo- most like biggest thing Tom Cruise has ever been in opening week. It's just that picture of him like yeah, <laughs> like fist pumping. I was like, okay, you get this, fine, little weirdo. Yeah, what if Tom Cruise was in? Uh, dra- Tom Cruise could outrace every dinosaur in this movie. Yeah, he could do it. He'd be riding one by the end of the movie. <laughs> No motorcycle for him. He'll just sprint. No, he'd be like slide. He'd be yabba dabba doing down like brachiosauruses. He'd be like <laughs> paragliding off of like cliffs, like six pterodactyls, like strangling them by the neck as he falls. And that might be more Vin Diesel strangling a pterodactyl. Yeah, he'd go down into like the secret base on a brachiosaurus neck and go upside down <laughs> and accidentally sweat on the device. Um, there's just uh, there's just a lot of sequely stuff with this that I just feel like is somewhat lazy. Yeah, uh, it's like oh, you bred them lysine deficient. Shouldn't they be dead after seven days? And I'm no. like, and I wrote down, yeah, why are there still dinos? <laughs> like, because I didn't think about the lysine deficiency thing mm-hmm. until watching Jurassic Park this time because it never made sense to me why there was more mm-hmm. dinosaurs. Like, well, they they're eating like, soy and like other things, <laughs> so. <laughs> They're all a bunch of soy boys. Yeah, and then the carnivores eat them, so yeah, <laughs> all the vegetarians are soy boys. It's really a weak excuse. Um, I feel like I could say that because I'm vegetarian, or I guess now recently pescatarian. Yeah. For we'll see how long that lasts. Hmm. But um, but yeah, so dinosaurs eat tofu and or not tofu, but <laughs> <laughs> soy. They they cook the tofu in their little pots <laughs> and pans. Ooh. Uh, they eat soy and like this other this other bean, which gives a, a high in lysine, and then mm-hmm. they're and then the di- the, the carnivores, carnivores eat, eat them, them, so therefore they're all di- like lysine positive now. Mm-hmm. Or like they have enough lysine, yeah, which means they won't die. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just that's another just it's like yeah, yeah, don't worry about. It. There's yeah, more it's dinosaurs. Fine. They're here. It's good. <laughs> Believe which, us. For most sequels, I don't care as much. This is just you know a big movie, so. Big movie, big criticism, I big guess. Big movies, big problems. How do you feel about the actors in this? We talked about uh, um, Jeff Goldblum a little bit, but how yeah. do you feel about everybody else? 
I think uh, what's her name? Uh, Jillian. What's her last name? I'm sorry. Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore. <laughs> cut, cut down on that long pause. Oh no, I'm leaving in. it in. <laughs> no, keep out the cut out the long pause, but keep this in. So you correcting know. me? <laughs> <laughs> no, not me correcting you, but uh, just yes. Okay, now it's just getting worse and worse. <laughs> I think you and I both have an issue with remembering Julianne Moore's name, mm-hmm. and it just, I don't know why. I don't know why either. I love her as an actor. She's great. She's amazing. I, I love her in, like, everything she's in. The first time I saw her was in 30 Rock, and so I just have her, like, this really intense Boston accent in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> um, she sticks in my mind too much from Don John, just because I saw that in theaters when it came out. Why'd like, you see Don John in theater? I don't know, and I saw it with my girlfriend at the time, <laughs> and it, like, like, 20... 13? How old is that movie? I don't know. Probably something like that, yeah. Such a weird, weird film. That's like Joseph Ghost of Gordon Lamb is a porn addiction or something, right? Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. it is? Yep. Interesting. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he used Moore. to make really weird movies. Okay, huh? Julian, <laughs> Julian, Moore. Julian Moore. You like Julian Moore? I like her. I like her as an actress. I'm not sure how I feel about her in this per se. I mean, she's fun. She's like the adventurous, like, girlfriend of Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, and she's she's. They can't stop her from going to the island. She's a paleontologist, yeah. too. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, when John Hammond proposed it to her... She was like, yes. He tried to, like, keep her from going. And then she's like... She found out. She's like, I gotta go. Oh, yeah. And Jeff Goldblum's like, why'd you do that? And so... She's like, well, you got to have a life-threatening adventure. I wanted one, too. <laughs> I, I do like her a lot in, like, the first third of this. It mm-hmm. kind of captures some of the the Laura Dern energy. And yeah. just being another interesting paleontologist. Just she, passionate. But then, you know, like everybody else, she kind of doesn't have a lot to do by the end. Yeah. Just other than run from dinosaurs. But um, she's good. Um, bald hunter guy is, I, at first I was like, oh, he might be fun. Then I'm like, oh, he really has nothing much to do. <laughs> uh, which, yeah, is also unfortunate. Pete Postlethwaite, mm-hmm. I, I, this is one of the first things I saw him in. I really like him. He just can be very menacing. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, weirdly compassionate sometimes. Yeah. But he just has a very strong, like, uh, sharp look. Mm-hmm. Or... I, I li- liked when they're chasing down some of the dinosaur, and he has, like, he has, like the folder of, like, all the dinosaur names, <laughs> and he's like, like what, what? the one with the pompadour! Elvis, Elvis. get that one! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, that's a good bit. I like that. Elvis, because, yeah, it really shows that he's not a... He doesn't even give a shit about dinosaurs, yeah. let alone being a scientist. He just mm-hmm. doesn't care. He just wants to hunt them. He's like, I want to kill a T-Rex. That's my goal here. Because he just wants to feel alive. Yeah. Uh, but he, Pete Postlethwaite, he's in uh, other movies that I like a lot, like Alien 3. Mm. He's one of the many, many bald men in that double Y chromosome prison. <laughs> Can't wait to cover Alien 3. It's going to be fun. I <laughs> love that movie. Uh, Last of the Mohicans. Okay. Inception. Mm. He's in. And uh, Clash of the Titans. Whoa. The, uh, he plays Spiros in the Clash of the Ti- the Sam Worthington Clash of the Titans <laughs> remake. So... Am who's I bringing Spiros that up? Who's in that? <laughs> who's Spiros in that? You'll have to go back and listen to our episode with Jacob Padilla. Oh, uh, that w- that's a fun episode <laughs> where you go from complaining about his hair to loving his hair in the next movie. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you're right. He has a full hair transformation. Yeah. Um, I love it whenever I see an actor that's into something we've already covered. I'm like, oh, we are growing. We are growing. Look. And any love I can throw at Clash of the Titans 2010, the episode, not the movie. <laughs> yeah, that one was fun. So go check that out, everybody. It's my favorite. one of my favorite posters you've done for our um, Instagram. <laughs> <It's> Jacob <laughs> screaming, holding Medusa's head. Yeah, with us as like the snake heads. Ooh, just wait. I, I, I'm putting out the episode 3 one right now. Oh, Sith is that one today. good? Yeah, I think so. Nice. <laughs> good. Um... But, oh, yeah. What about Vince Vaughn? I 
am thinking he was very pretty benign to me for a while. Like I, at first, I didn't like him at all when he when I first met his character, and then yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, I guess he's okay. Yeah, he kind of comes into the movie in like full like as if he's still in swingers mode. Exactly. <laughs> like, That's why I'm like, like this is like swingers. Like, what is going on? He's wearing this like very swingers outfit, <laughs> and he's got he's, and he's just like, I get all the chicks, baby. Or yeah, it's like because like, oh, the like green like, core is like eighty percent women, man. That's yeah. why I went. <laughs> I was like, fuck, dude, it's come like, on, oh, God. But then he also doesn't really keep doing that. No, he like quit. He has almost like a personality turn. I was like, "Well, I'm the backup plan." And then he becomes this like covert, like spec ops, Greenpeace warrior dude. And then he films everything, for all dinosaurs from really far away on a tiny camcorder. I'm <laughs> like shooting at like one. Megabyte He's getting like Bigfoot footage of that pretty much. <laughs> it's all gonna be blurry and fuzzy. <laughs> you could have brought like a better camera. Um, <laughs> he yeah. didn't think it was real. He thought they were gonna see big iguanas to quote him. I guess you're right. Um. Yeah, I've. So you think he's like fine? I think he's okay. I mean, he's not enjoyable. He's just like I would argue he's a body that's there. I I kept thinking he was going to die. I was shocked that he didn't by the end. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not. I don't think I've ever been big on Vince Vaughn. Yeah, um, you didn't even like him in True Detective in the new True Detective season that was almost like the fall of the whole series. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but because it uh, because of that reason, I want to see it. Yeah. It literally almost killed the series, and it took yeah. Marshall Lee to save it. And that one's really good. Yeah, that's what I hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen Wedding Crashers, which is one of his biggest movies. <laughs> Me neither. He's done a lot of stuff uh, with, uh, oh my god, like Dragged Across Concrete and uh, Brawl and Cell Block 99. Oh man. I'm forgetting on that director's name. But just like those like morally questionable, most likely like very right-leaning. Yeah, so I don't know. I've just never... A good part of why I didn't like this movie as a kid is because he was in it, mm. and, which is weird. It's just one of those things, like a weird aversion thing, where it's just like, I don't like that guy. Yeah. I don't want to watch this movie because I don't like that guy. When I'm like nine, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's weird. Like, he has a very unlikable visage to his face sometimes, I feel like. Like, I understand how you could look at him and be like, I don't like him. Yeah, and especially him being in those, like, more, like, ultra-violent movies mm-hmm. recently and stuff like that. It's like, yeah. and I think, look, there's not, like, a lot of, like, openly conservative actors and stuff like that in Hollywood. Oh, is he an openly conservative actor? I think so. I didn't yeah. know that. Um, but just... He's in good company. John Voight. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait till we cover Anaconda. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm just... I, what I'm trying to say is, like, I don't want to, like, politis- be too, like, politicized about that. Mm-hmm. It's just something about him that's just, like, he's really tall. He's, like, six foot... Five. Oh, damn. And just him being in these ultraviolet roles and stuff. It's like, yeah, he just seems like he could just impose he, his he will upon you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like be very aggressive. And like, I don't get that. I'm not saying in his personal life, it's just he's always kind of put me off in movies. Like, he's hmm. never been like, never seemed like nice or kind or. Yeah. Uh, he's always very aggressive know. or in your face. Like, he does have that. Like, that's been his acting roles, I feel like. Even yeah. in comedies, he's very just like in your face. <laughs> I did try to watch Fred Claus one time. <laughs> He's intense in that movie, isn't he? Like he's kind of like I think so. Really yeah. like Grr! Yeah. That's the one where his brother is Santa Claus, right? His brother Paul Giamatti <sighs> is Santa Claus. You can't beat Santa Claus. You can't beat that Santa Claus. With all respect to Richard Schiff, Schiff but uh Paul Giamatti should have been that character in this. Oh yeah. Cuz I love I love Paul so much. <laughs> Could you imagine him be like 80% women in the Peace Corps? <laughs> <laughs> That's no, why not, I went. Not Vince Vaughn. Oh. <laughs> He should have been the weapons expert guy. Oh, yeah, that'd be much better, yep. 
<laughs> but then Thomas Hayden Church could be Vince Vaughn's character. Ooh, okay, that's good. That would work so well. Yeah, that's good. And also, Paul Giamatti's character's name needs to be Miles. <laughs> and they're basically and also they're doing wine. a wine tour across <laughs> Jurassic Park. <laughs> I hear this Isla Sorna has some wonderful berries. Wonderful, wonderful vintages here. Yeah. <laughs> good God. Okay. <laughs> I think that's everybody wanted to talk about, except for... Do you for think if we did a cosplay thing, like, if you were... Uh, what's his name? Shit. Thomas Hayden Church. Thomas Hayden Church, and I was Paul Giamatti at work, or people would get it? Yeah, I think so. And it's, <laughs> I've been waiting for you to ask this my entire life. Oh, good! Ever since I was created. <laughs> we'll do that next time Melissa drags us both to a con. A what? Wine con? Like, what? I don't, we'll you go to Comic-Con, like... we'll just dress as... as Star Wars Celebration? Yeah. <laughs> We'll just have like blue bantha milk or something. We'll be the characters from from Sideways. Yeah, love it. Perfect. We love to see it. <laughs> A really outdated reference that barely anybody gets anymore. <laughs> Sideways is never outdated. Please. You're right. You're right. As someone who stayed at the Sideways Inn. I in, guess you're in right. Bealton. Mm, it's it's all real. All of it. It's ageless. Uh, the last Merlot. Percentage. Huh. I was gonna say it's all real. All of the Merlot, the Pinot, all of it. Thanks. <laughs> Last person I want to talk about is Arliss Howard, who plays Peter Ludlow, who is Hammond's nephew. Right. Who I guess has to be his nephew, not his son, because he dies at the end, <laughs> so you don't have to care about him. It's like, eh, nephews, we don't care about them. I thought it'd be fine if he was his son. I was like, I got confused a couple times, his lineage. I'm like, I know he's related to Hammond, but like... Right, why not just make him son? Why not just son? make a really shitty yeah. son? Which, there is a good line that Jeff Goldblum has, where it's just like, you know, you think you're John Hammond, but just don't. When you talk like that, you think you, think you sound like him, but you just kind of sound stupid. Yeah, he says, like, talent skips a generation, so the grandkids will be just fine. <laughs> he him real hard, yeah. which is good. But he also has a British accent, but the actor, uh, Arliss Howard, is from Missouri. Yeah, he doesn't have a British accent. I'm like, that. I know that guy's face, he doesn't have a British accent. So it's like a, one of those rare cases of an American doing a British accent, which never works as well as a British and person doing an American accent. But uh, he does, so it kind of does this like weird like transatlantic thing, mm. you know, which uh, I think like if he is supposed to be like a Brit who's lived in America for a long time, yeah, it's fine. I just think more so it's just a strange character. He's like, is this British American guy who's, I guess, just really loves San Diego because <laughs> he talks about how great it is and that uh, um, all sorts of animal life is there, including... So there's squirrels and pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> I think that like the first presentation of dinosaurs in this is okay. It's, it's kind of the same thing as the first movie, but in a different environment. Yeah, it's Stegosaurus is this time in the forest. Yeah, yeah, and they're just amazed by it. I'm like, that's fine, but mm. even the actors don't seem as amazed as in the first movie. It's true. It's it's not like it's not all of their like life's passion is in dinosaurs. Yeah, they're all just kind of there to do stuff. Like which... they're documentarians, pretty much, or uh, like let's well, one's a weapons expert, the other one's a videographer, and then yeah. then it's Jeff Goldblum who already knows about it, so he's not going to be impressed. And then Sarah's already there, so we miss her, like, amazement moment completely. Well, even then, I think Jeff Goldblum is, like, still, like, stunned, but he's still, like, yes, that's how it starts. You think everything's amazing, and it's mm-hmm. the most beautiful thing in the world, and then you start getting eaten. <laughs> <laughs> the velociraptors eat you. Yeah. Also, uh. John Hammond built a giant dinosaur stadium in San Diego and just left it there. He's like, ah, I give up. I'm going to go build Jurassic Park. Like, how much... that? Let them fight. How much is it... <laughs> It's actually, he turns into a Pokemon stadium. <laughs> How much would that cost to just leave a stadium in San Diego? Like, this man is A loaded. fortune, yeah. Like, he has all that 90s money. He's insane. 
God. Yeah, I, I don't even know. I thought I assumed Jurassic Park would have ruined him completely. But then they just spin it as, oh, no, like, it was a lie. Like, that never happened. Nobody died. <laughs> I'd say just to break away from the plot a little bit, what's your favorite sure. dinosaur in this? Um, I like the bonehead thing the best. Yeah. It's, it has a very brief scene, but that's always been one of my other favorite dinosaurs. So I really like the part where, like, it, the one guy op- is opening like, the van door, and it just <laughs> bashes its head and, like, slams him back inside. Yeah, I, was like, I don't think even it hits him directly. It hits the door the door and still sends him flying yeah, like, the such other force. Side, I was like, fun. I loved that thing so much. So when it, it's being captured, I was really like, oh, man, like, I love those things. I specifically looked that one up. Mm-hmm. It's called a Pachycephalosaurus. Mm-hmm. Um, cephalo, like the head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It has the bone head thing. And I remember having the action figure of that as a kid. Yeah, I don't want to. And you would like, squeeze its legs and its head would go down. <laughs> so you could act like it's going to hit everybody. Yeah. And I just remember there was a lot of toys. I feel like even more than the first Jurassic Park, there's a lot of toys for Lost World. Well, yeah, they have a lot of different kinds of dinosaurs in this one, too. Yeah, and that's that's something to be appreciated, I guess. There's new dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, what about what are you? What's your favorite dinosaur in this? I think it's the, yeah, the Pachycephalosaurus. Pachycephalosaurus. Well. Nice. Because um, everything trying to think of anything else there's not anything too out of the ordinary yeah we got the, the little guys i the... don't i'm not a big fan of the compsognathus the the copies the yeah, little the copies, guys yeah no um this guy's stag- they, they, got they got uh velociraptors and a t-rex that's that's kind of it actually maybe they don't have that many dinosaurs actually yeah they have a different kind of long neck dinosaur that's not a brachiosaurus that i think they like took the original oh. file and like redid it too. yeah and i guess they also got the other one with like the elvis whatever that whatever they, that one's actually called. oh yeah the elvis dinosaur <laughs> the one with the pompadour <laughs> elvis get elvis here we go i pulled up a little list oh good that one's a parasaurolophus parasaurolophus yeah everything else it's like yeah, there's pterodon, velociraptor, tyrannosaurus, triceratops, stegosaurus. So I guess there's a pterodactyl in the end. Yeah. Pterodon. Pterodon. Well, what are the ones with like the gigantic heads and little wings? I always think those look ridiculous. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. Probably a big, long paragraph name. No. Uh, I feel like even the score is a lot more subtle in this. This is like mm-hmm. everything's a lot more low key, which is weird for a blockbuster movie. I agree. Like everything's like a little bit more toned down and. Mm-hmm. I, it feels like it should be a horror movie, but it's not. Yeah, it it's plays to almost like action movie roots sometimes even. Where like it, if it's a horror movie, it's, it's not scary, I would argue. It's just like, oh, that was... I knew I knew it would be fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like almost like I wish they ramped it up more like it was like Temple of Doom, mm. the second Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, like give me really like, visceral, me, scary velociraptors. weird and get out there, but mm-hmm. it's like not enough of that. Do you feel like this is what the main point of like, Jurassic World was. I feel like where the executives being like, when, especially when I said, "Give me like a visceral, real Velociraptor," I'm like, "Oh no, that that might be where Jurassic World came from." I mean, they're, it, Jurassic World's not really like that, though. I guess not. Yeah. Well, they have more genetic monsters, I suppose. Yeah, there's more genetic stuff. I mean, there's more violence. Yeah. We'll we'll talk about Jurassic World. Yeah, when it, we're doing it, Jurassic it, World, it's a movie that feels like a cash grab, and it's about the, the park being a cash <laughs> grab. <laughs> Ironic, isn't it? <laughs> Ironic how much Margaritaville I love. <laughs> I tried to do Palpatine and they just became like Yoda. Yeah. If so powerful you are, why leave? There is a weird sub story going on in behind the scenes between two paleontologists that I found interesting. Oh, yeah. I'll just read the little article that I read. Yeah, go for it. Um, the character of Robert Burke, who is like the hippie paleontologist guy who's okay. eaten in the waterfall. That's a shame, because I liked him. I was sad when he died. Yeah, he seems... I always, like, as a kid, I'm like, oh, he's a bad guy. 
Uh, he's like a cowboy bad guy just because he was with the uh, yeah, but he the ob- bounty hunter. He obviously the... has a passion for dinosaurs. No, no, and yeah, watching it this time, I'm like, mm-hmm. he's just this paleontologist. Also, like, he yeah. just wants to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not really doing anything wrong except working for like the the InGen crew. Yeah, um, which would just kind of happen anyways. But mm-hmm. yeah, I like th- I like that character more now. <laughs> He's just kind of like a nerd. Uh, the character of Robert Burke is based on paleontologist Robert Baker, who believes that T-Rex was a predator. Rival paleontologist Jack Horner, the film's technical advisor, mm-hmm. viewed the dinosaur as being protective and not inherently aggressive. Oh. Horner requested that the character of Burke be eaten by the T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Although Baker enjoyed the scene and believed that it vindicated his theory that T-Rex was a predator. predator. So... <laughs> The very idea, he's just like, I just want to get at this other paleontologist, (laughs) this real life, my paleontologist rival. (laughs) I wanted to get eaten in this movie. And then the guy's just like, ooh, it just plays into my hand. Yeah, it's like, proves my point, I win. (laughs) It's just really weird, catty paleontologist rivalry behind this movie, which I find fun. I feel like paleontologists are always really catty in general. I feel like everything I read, they're always like at each other. So, well, it didn't really look like that. It looked like this. Pulls out their Velociraptor <laughs> claws to I, like. I have a literal. People. I have a book right over on my shelf, really fast. I'll grab. Maybe you've heard of it. Maybe you haven't. But it's like a children's book. Um, it's a. It's an old, ch- older children's book called "The Dinosaurs of Waterhouse Hawkins." Okay. And it tells the story of a paleontologist whose job it was to assemble the first dinosaur bones together and figure out what dinosaurs looked like in like the 18th century. So it's like him building his first like museum in Central Park. And this is a real person. Like the little picture of what he thought dinosaurs looked like. So like he yeah. was the artist who made up the first design of, hey, maybe dinosaurs looked like this. And we like assembled the bones together. So that's based off a real person. I always thought he was really neat. And it was like accurate in some way or what? Um no, it was he was pretty much wrong about all their <laughs> looks. Reminds me of like uh was it uh medieval art? Yeah. Uh like Western Europe mm-hmm. uh, is interpretations of elephants and yeah, stuff. And like just giraffes. Like, <laughs> he's just never seen them before. So like, I don't know. So it's weird as shit. Yeah, a human face. <laughs> <and> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny. But yeah, so I I always liked that book that book a lot. And even just like that guy was like, his, he was basically just an artist. and was just like, well, some of the bones look like this. That seems about right. It's a big reptile. <laughs> Damaging all the bones and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And supposedly... Um, it is a little tragic story. This is more of the myth than the legend, myth than the actual thing. But supposedly, when, like, I guess the second iteration of his museum was burned down or destroyed by, like, the people of New York because they thought he or, like, no, by a rival because they thought they, he, they were so annoyed with him uh, making these dinosaur designs that... Why were they annoyed by him? Because they just thought it was wrong. They're like, no, your design's are wrong. He's like, well, you don't know. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, the, the people of New York just burned down. It's like, dinosaurs aren't real. <laughs> it might have been some of that. I think it was actually a religious fervor kind of thing, too. If people would be like, hey, dinosaurs aren't real, this is sacrilege kind of thing. But anyway, so supposedly he buried the fossils, and there are fossils in Central Park. So <laughs> that's what the little legend goes, that there are dinosaur bones buried in Central Park. That's like uh, when I was in Boston last year, and they're talking about... Uh, Oh my god, what's the the main park? Um Central Park? In Boston? Oh, in Boston. Duh, I don't know. Hyde Park? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Mr. Hyde, Hyde park. park. Boston Common, um underneath the park there's just hundreds of bodies buried. Oh my god. Because they ran out of space in the graveyards in Boston. Oh, that's so, grim. <laughs> like they would bury I think around the Revolutionary War they would bury like soldiers there and stuff mm, like geez. that. And now it's a park. So now there's just a bunch of bodies as you're walking over it. Hmm. It's like, okay, that's right. <laughs> 
creepy and spooky and cool. Yeah, there you go. Boston has dead people bodies, and New York has uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> dinosaurs inherit New York. We're back. A dinosaur story. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> <laughs> they sing some song, but I forget what it is. Yeah, me too. <laughs> See, that's the stuff I like. I like the dinosaurs walking around in the parade, but I don't mm. like the weird wizard man who's like trying to. <laughs> that's right. I like when they turn to real scary dinosaurs at one yeah. point, too, because like they lose their like magic and they're just like, I'm an actual T Rex. Well, you should watch it and then talk about it next. Uh, I really should next week. Down the week. line. We yeah. got to talk about Maverick next. Yeah, week. yeah. Okay. All right, Maverick, yeah. I don't, there's not, what else is there here? Uh, I just like that the, the guy that gets eaten in San Diego. <laughs> Uh, his character's name is Unlucky Bastard. <laughs> and I guess he's a bastard. <laughs> and Unlucky Bastard is played by one David Kep, ah, the screenwriter. There you go. Of the whole movie. So I'm like, that's pretty, that's pretty rad. That's fun. Yeah, I get eaten by a T-Rex. Uh, and I was like, oh, that seems kind of violent. Like, people complain about in Jurassic World when the, uh, the, uh, the lady assistant. got carried off. Yeah, it gets yeah, carried off and eaten in a very brutal way. <laughs> yeah. But Spielberg does that sometimes, too. Yeah. So, I don't. Yeah, he's got a little mean streak in him. I'm looking forward to covering, to going back and watching Jurassic World again because it's been a mm. while, and maybe Same. maybe I'll uh, be more positive on it this time. Yeah, I remember not enjoying the first one. I remember laughing a lot through the second one, and then being like, "This is amazing." <laughs> the second half, but uh, is there anything else you wanted to say? I have a couple more, so just like facts behind. Yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. But is it what what speaks to you in this movie? What speaks to me? That's a good what question. about the the Velociraptor chase at the end in the grass? Do you think that works? Eh, not really. It's kind of not really memorable to me at all, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, weirdly for me, like, I have probably seen The Mummy Returns more times than this movie. <laughs> it's because that was another, uh, like, the first two Mummy movies, mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser. We'd, I'd watch a lot with my sister as a kid. Uh, and there's a scene where these, like, pygmy mummies are running through the forest. Pygmy and, mummies. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Don't know how, like, uh, okay that is now, but this movie came out in, like, 2004. But um, they uh, they chase after the the group in a, in tall grass, and mm-hmm. it's, like, an homage to this movie. And, uh, like, oh, I kind of like that better. That works better than, like, the original mm-hmm. thing. The Velociraptors, pygmy mummies. Yeah. And that's all I have to add to that. That's pretty cool. I think it did scare me as a kid. The tall grass with the lost raptors, but now mm. I'm just kind of like, this is a little perfunctory, maybe just because I've seen it too many times. But. Yeah. All this has happened before, and all this will happen again. Hit us with the facts. The facts. In San Diego scene, the gas price at the 76 station was $1.08. The Chevron across the street, $1.15. This movie came out uh, 25 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. 25 years ago. And now gas is six dollars. <laughs> six or seven dollars in some places so, I've seen. As as a person who has uh, uh, extended family members that love to talk about gas prices all the time, <laughs> I am likely I don't like bringing up gas prices, but it is interesting to see a six dollar uh, increase, five dollar increase. Oh, I guess five dollar increase. Yeah, but you six dollars in Beverly Hills. Six dollars in Beverly Hills. Yeah. <laughs> But it's definitely seven dollars at certain places in LA. And, and when you frame it like that, you're like, well, twenty-five years. I mean, that's like not much at all. But it's like, come on, man. <laughs> it just makes me think, like, how much was gas in like the sixties? Like fifty cents. Yeah. Why can't we just go back? Why don't it's it's just it, the money isn't real. Why don't we just like wind things back a little bit? Oh, prices. You're saying? Yeah. I thought you were saying like go back in time. Let's go back. I'm like, well, there's a lot of <laughs> there's probably a lot of issues involved. In no, no, time, not really. But <laughs> just in terms of dimensions, space time travel, <laughs> politics. Here's here, I'll just wrap it up with some some quick 
some other quick facts. Yeah. All the San Diego stuff except for one scene was shot in Burbank, mm. which uh, I didn't remember. I'd watched this movie with Lily last year sometime or deep in the pandemic. I was like, oh, you never seen the second one? Like, you should watch it. Part of it's in San Diego at the end because she's <laughs> from San Diego County yep. uh, originally. And she's <laughs> we're watching it. She's like, and at the time she was working in Burbank. <laughs> she's like, I don't think this is San Diego. I think this is Burbank. <laughs> like, this is like the five streets that I drive around. Um, or she ha- was working in Burbank before mm-hmm. the pandemic, you know, and yeah. uh, before working from home. And <laughs> I was like, oh, I, I, yeah, you're right. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. This <laughs> is obviously Burbank. And it's just like, oh, man, even the one thing I think she would like about this movie, she it's not even real. She was like, so. that's Burbank. <laughs> yeah. It just happened so fast. It was really funny. Uh, and... David Kep made $1.5 to $2 million from the script, which is a record at the time. Uh, this movie was the first to hit $70 million uh, on the for the box office weekend. Wow. On the weekend of its release. And it stayed that way until 2001 when Harry Potter and Sorcerer's Stone surpassed it. And then Endgame. Yeah. <laughs> and then Endgame immediately. <laughs> 2002 Endgame. <laughs> 2002 Endgame. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this movie still made a lot of money, but it didn't have as good reviews, and I agree. It's yeah. not nearly as good as the original. Um, but one last fun little fact I'll say, hmm. tying back into Secret Window, uh, director David Kep of Secret Window <laughs> didn't have the budget to shoot a cliff uh, with water at the bottom for one of Johnny Depp's character's dream sequences, <laughs> so he asked for Steven Spielberg's permission to use a clip of the footage from when the mobile vehicle is dangling over the side. <laughs> To substitute the scene. It's like, Great. I don't know. Hey, secret window. Got to bring up a secret window. Brilliant. But I guess that scene should be scary. And I think it did scare me as a kid that they're mm-hmm. like re- like looking down and towards the... Uh, Oblivion. Yeah, t- <laughs> the cliff face. They're going to fall into the ocean if the glass breaks. But it just kind of keeps going and going. and it's It goes on long. for way too long. The whole baby T-Rex thing takes like half an hour. Mm-hmm. I just am not really engaged. But as my sister said in the last episode um yeah they they filmed that at universal studios like at city walk <laughs> they shot it off the the side of a parking garage that's fun um so yeah that's cool i think that's uh all that- my thoughts on this movie it's just as a sequel it's it feels kind of like kingdom of the crystal skull to me in some ways where it's just like Spielberg nailed it with the first three Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. Nailed it with Jurassic Park, but then he kind of like forgot what <laughs> makes those movies so good and interesting. More so, it's just like yeah, I think Crystal Skull is like a well-made, put-together movie, but yeah. it just doesn't impact you. You know, it doesn't have the same excitement. It doesn't engage you in the same way. It's missing could, an oomph. Yeah, and I could say mm-hmm. the same thing for this. So. You know, Cutter White's gonna beat you up, local bad boy for bad mouth and crystal skull, but you know. He won't beat me up. He'll just uh pull out his switchblade comb or whatever <laughs> Mutt Williams does in that. Yeah, right. He'll just comb his curls back and be like I feel like he has a real knife, but I just imagine him with a comb. Cut Cutter it. or Mutt Williams? <laughs> Mutt Williams. <laughs> I imagine Cutter White with a real knife. <laughs> local bad boy Cutter White is gonna outrace the uh, Velociraptors in his motorcycle. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Scudder loves being mentioned in episodes he's not in. <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have me on for this when you were talking about me. Love you, Cutter. Uh, big L- hearts. Let me screen track at your house, please. <laughs> um, is there anything else?
else? You got anything? Mm, no. I'm I'm done with Lost World Jurassic Park. Yeah. I'm ready to leave the island. Me too. Yeah. Until we come back next week. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be back, but at least we're going to the <laughs> old park. Are we? I don't remember which one don't it takes we? place on. I feel like it takes place in the old park. I just remember this Jurassic Park 3 made me not want to ever parasail. Oh, oh cuz that's like the with the pterodactyls grabbing you and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's Isla Sorna. Mm. Which is the, this park. But we'll we'll, we'll find we'll find out I guess next we will, episode. Yeah. A franchisee. Franchisee. Um final thoughts Connery. This movie is I feel like it's almost more so of a spin-off than a sequel. It's uh, a yeah. Jeff Goldblum helming the ship, Julianne Moore doing her best to keep things afloat, but I think in the end, it's a movie that kind of, it's like Jack Jack Sparrow's boat in Pirates of the Caribbean, right? It's sailing, and then it slowly sinks as it finally arrives to port. <laughs> so that's my analogy for Jurassic Lost World Jurassic Park. Oh, hey, I, I didn't even catch that one, because I've just given up. <laughs> What about you? JP2. Um, yeah, I just don't really ever have an urge to see this movie. Um, part of it just has to do with like the look of it and the feel of it. it mm. just, something about it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't like connect with my eyeballs and my brain <laughs> nearly as much as like I, I'm just glued to the screen mm. with Jurassic Park 1. Agreed. Um, it's something that makes me kind of like, yeah, like want to look at my phone, like mm. version. Like some of that's the scripting, some of it's the way it's shot, some of it's. Uh, disturbing the plotting it's too <laughs> long you know and mm-hmm. i don't know it just doesn't just doesn't really work and you know i i feel like i did this episode saying like oh spielberg just didn't try as hard and like i know he did mm-hmm. like you know i think he actually put in an effort but it just seemed maybe he was distracted by other stuff at the same time but oh totally yeah, he was influenced by like i said old movies he did research and work <laughs> and everything and he wanted to homage the Lost World movie from like the twenties and stuff. So uh, there you go. There's obviously like precedent there, but um, how does the T Rex kill everyone on that boat? <laughs> we uh, didn't talk about that. That's right. How did it <laughs> escape from the hatch and kill everybody on the boat? It looked like a much smaller dinosaur should have done all that. Yeah, didn't they say there was a the baby was? Did the baby uh, eat it? No, I don't know. I, don't, I think the baby still has a broken leg at this point. I think the T-Rex eating the dog is mean. It is. I agree. I didn't like that. Yeah. Oh, well. Maybe Steven was angry at his neighbor with a barking dog when he did that. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and then the T-Rex ate the fucking dog. <laughs> what, 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 make sure it's the same dog as my neighbor's. <laughs> it's the same dog breed. Stupid Labradoodle. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that, that's it. That's, that's the episode. That's the movie. We're got done. Nothing else to say. We're done. It's uh, my least favorite. Dra- I think I might like it less than Jurassic World at this point. Wow. Because at least Jimmy Buffett's in Jurassic World. <laughs> Touche. I like Irfan Khan. Irfan Khan's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's our episode on the Lost World Jurassic Park. Stay tuned for next week for Jurassic Park 3. Yes. Uh, thank you to Grayson Hansen for our artwork and Nick Favorka for our music. Connor, you what do you have to plug before we go? Uh, if you enjoy the sound of my voice, also enjoy tape role playing games. Probably enjoy Starship and Paul. It's an actual role playing game podcast where me and four other friends play the Starfinder game. Tyler, oh, it's sorry, it's on Apple and it's on SoundCloud. Tyler, what do you have to plug? I'm Tyler, unlucky bastard Denner. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on Instagram at Tiami Vice for any photo shoots I've been doing. 
follow us at Franchise Pod on basically any social media, especially Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Please give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It'll help <laughs> us to grow the show. I trust me, it will. Yeah. We have more listeners than we have ratings. Please give us five stars. Mm-hmm. You know you can. Do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> help us pay out. Lily Young to be our producer. <laughs> please. Um, uh. Oh, please like and subscribe. <laughs> on the Apple Podcast app and wherever else you get pods so that you get every new episode coming out. That'll help us as well, and it'll mm-hmm. help you enjoy your Sunday. Yeah. And whenever you want to listen to this, but, you know, episodes come out on Sunday. And if you sh- if and you're a true one. And you also cherish this time, because when we get big, we're going to lock like a hundred of these early ones on behind a Patreon wall. <laughs> you better cherish these, because we won't talk to you anymore when we're big. I'm not going like, to retweet you anymore. <laughs> Just like totally missing the point of a podcast. Like, <laughs> we have a podcast now, but you listeners can't listen anymore. We're yeah, too big. Just aggressively, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Oh, we love you. And until next time, she doesn't even have Sega. She's such a troglodyte. That <laughs> was one of my other options. Oh, nice. Bye, everybody. Mommy's very angry. <laughs> did, mom, did your mother tell you to say that to me? about movie franchises we're starting it's our first episode what (laughs) (laughs) where have i been all these years the pandemic never happened the pandemic just started (laughs) just started we're back it's hunger games part one tyler what are you doing imagine 2020 just started over again (laughs) oh my god yeah that'd be a lot (laughs) it's like oh my god are you recording? I am recording, okay, yeah. These, these, yeah, these are good put, bits, put though. Put that in the end. <laughs> put that at the end. Yeah. <laughs>